The Arizona Cardinals make a trade for depth. There's only so much time left for Steve Kime to be able to do it this way. I'll explain. You are locked on Cardinals. Your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in Monday edition of Locked On Cardinals doing it live today. I'm doing it live on Twitter spaces. I'm doing it live on YouTube. I'm kind of feeling some things out, trying to see what works where. Um, thanks to everybody who joined my halftime show uh, in during halftime of the Baltimore Ravens game last night on Twitter spaces. I will be with you at halftime in some capacity every game through week 18 and hopefully a deep run through the playoffs. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Follow the podcast at Locked on AZ Cards. Leave a like. Go subscribe. Do your thing. We'll be around here for a long time here Locked on Cardinals. The Cardinals made a trade. I'll discuss it. What does this mean for the future with Steve Kime? Does Steve Kime need to start breaking bad habits? I'll discuss that. And there was a game last night. I'm going to talk about it, but in – Kind of an angle of, we already kind of know what's going to happen going into 2022. We know who the starters are going to be, pretty much. The cornerback room is still up for debate. We know who the fringe roster guys are, but those roster guys probably aren't going to be getting as much run where it's necessary to actually dissect their play during a week two preseason game. And again, last night was the culmination of week two of the preseason. Not week three, I won't do it. The Hall of Fame game doesn't count as a week. The play-in round for the NCAA tournament doesn't count as a round. The first round of the NCAA tournament is the first Thursday. Second week of the preseason was last night. All right. Uh, thanks for making Lockdown Cardinals your first listen. This episode of Lockdown Cardinals is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Quote. This is a good depth piece for teams with a light interior. People might point to precision flexibility because he's not both because he's played both tackle and guard. He's not an NFL tackle. He's a guard and he's much better on the left side, in my opinion. That was a quote from somebody that I trust who covers the Baltimore Bills. The Arizona Cardinals traded a fifth round pick for Cody Ford. Okay. Cody Ford will play in some capacity in the interior. In 2022, if for a depth piece, you know, barring any sort of injury, uh, performance, if the interior doesn't stack up. This is a good move by Steve Kime. Cody Ford played with Kyler Murray and Hollywood Brown in 2018 at Oklahoma. Cool. I've said since day one, since they drafted Kyler Murray, and the offensive line wasn't as good as it is now, wasn't uh, Rodney Hudson snapping the ball was the best offensive line the Arizona best offensive line men the Arizona Cardinals will have is Kyler Murray's legs. And I don't think that that's changed. I think Rodney Hudson is probably 1A, but Kyler Murray's elusivity inside and out of the pocket, although he needs to learn how to step up a little bit more, you know, plant his foot and gun it. Kyler Murray's legs make offensive linemen's jobs usually easier. It can be frustrating at times absolutely because you don't exactly know where Kyler Murray is. But adding depth is a good thing, okay? So let's look at the positive right now. Adding depth is absolutely a good thing for this offensive line. Um, for those, I'm just going to pull the curtain back. For those that are in Twitter spaces right now, send me a DM or comment. Let me know how the audio is, because I don't know. I'm trying something new. 
Cody Ford, fifth round pick. The good news is the Cardinals have added depth from a guy who is a good depth piece. And that's something that's good. Just Google him. I mean, he was he was a world mover last year, okay? At, in pieces, in parts. But as my trusted Buffalo Bills uh, media member says, you know, you hope he's a swing player and not somebody you trust to start. And that's okay. Because seemingly Justin Pugh and, and Will Hernandez on the left and right side of Rodney Hudson is going to be full systems go in week one. And it seems like when Rodney Hudson is healthy, when DJ Humphreys is playing it to his utmost, that Justin Pugh is a perfect left guard for this system. Sean Kugler has done a great job at elevating his talent. When Justin Pugh is asked to do too much, that's kind of where, you know, where issues may, may surface. But all in all, starting week one, you've got to be happy about this offensive line, even before they made this trade today. And when I said you've got to be happy about this offensive line, I mean you've got to be happy about the starters. That pretty much goes, aside from the wide receiver room and probably the running back room at this point, because there's a plentiful amount of riches with guys toting the rock and catching the ball out of the backfield. There is no real depth across the rest of the roster. You could say interior to defensive line, kind of, but adding depth on the offensive line, this is what Steve Kime does. He has an affinity for New York Giants and Buffalo Bills players. I don't know what it is about the state of New York, but you're hoping that Cody Ford, when sprung into action, will have will bear better fruits than what Jordan Phillips did after getting that massive contract and it really never panning out. I was Clancy locked on Cardinals. So the interesting part about this is the Cardinals now, you can check the box on the offensive line. Do I think they should have drafted one in the first round? 100%. Do you think they should have drafted one in the second round, if not the first round? 100%. But looking at it now, not looking towards 2023 or beyond, because there are very few players not named DJ Humphreys on the actual contract list on the offensive line for the Arizona Cardinals past this season, you've got to be happy with the short term of what this offensive line looks like, and Cody Ford is added to that. Steve Kime needs to make a decision. And he's been able to sugarcoat his shortcomings by making trades and signing free agents. That can't happen anymore, and I'm going to tell you why, especially if the Cardinals want to win beyond this season. If the Cardinals want to win for the next seven or eight years. If the Cardinals want to be relevant for the next decade, which is what you hope after signing Kyler Murray to a huge contract. Alex Lancey locked on Cardinals. I'm going to talk about that next. Steve Kahn doesn't have any more wiggle room. He doesn't have any more sugar-coated ability from his shortcomings. And his shortcomings now need to be shifted into his strength like we've never seen before. Alex Linty locked on Cardinals. I'll talk about it next. BetOnline.net. Fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events. The number one online source for odds. The Cardinals, I believe, are three-point dogs going into week one at home. So that means on a neutral field, the Chiefs would be a six-point favorite. And listen, with what we've seen from the defense so far, ups and downs, what we've seen from this offense, even with Trace McSorley at, at the controls, I feel like 100 points are going to be scored in that game. 
So BetOnline continues to be the number one online resource for your sports wagering information from live in-game betting scores and podcasts. They've got you covered. Go to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening. BetOnline, where the game starts. Cardinals make a trade, send a fifth-round pick to the Buffalo Bills for interior offensive lineman Cody Ford. What does this do immediately? It gives the Cardinals depth. Alex Clancy here, Locked on Cardinals. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Um, I'm going to be doing this Twitter space thing at least at halftime. I'm probably going to be doing a dual stream on YouTube and on Twitter spaces because I'd like to connect with everybody, you know? I'd like to connect with everybody. Um, I would give this trade a B plus. And we're grading on a curve here. It's getting closer to week one. And the Cardinals need the depth where they can get it. Now you look at the offense. They're square. Every other move Steve Kahn needs to make at this point needs to be on the defense. One cornerback or two and a pass rusher. Been saying this since the end of the 2021 season. The Cardinals cornerback room is severely lacking talent. You want Byron Murphy to be able to come and do his own. Maybe he's a CB2 thrust into the CB1 position. Maybe Marco Wilson's not ready to be the backup dancer to, to Byron Murphy in the CB2 role. But we don't know. We haven't been able to let them grow because they haven't had the veteran talent around them to let them learn and grow as NFL players on a natural scale. They've been thrust to be like, all right, kids, go get them. I mean, I know they're grown men. Go get them. And it hasn't always worked out. First half of the last season it did. Pass rush kind of fell off in the second half. And then the secondary um, fell in tow. Steve Kime needs to make his shortcomings his strengths, okay? Steve Kime, after signing Kyler Murray to that big contract, he doesn't have the wiggle room anymore to not hit on draft picks. He doesn't have the wiggle room to trade a middle-round pick, maybe overpay for a player. He doesn't have the wiggle room to sign free agents at a premium for them to come to Arizona. He doesn't have that opportunity anymore. Sure, the salary cap is going to balloon. There's going to be money off the books in 2023. But this is like, it, it's like serial dating. It's like he only wants to date for a year and then move on. A year and move on. Maybe this will be the one to get married. Nope, after a year, move on. It's not sustainable. And sustainability breeds relevancy, breeds winning, and breeds happy employees. And we're still at step one with Steve Kime's ability to build a roster. He's made masterful moves in the offseason. Traded for DeAndre Hopkins, even though Michael Bidwell should get credit for that. Bringing in J.J. Watt for kind of a culture shift, a foundation-strengthening move. Absolutely. Trading back Marcus Golden. Bringing in Zach Ertz. Okay? Three of those four moves were made by giving up a draft pick. And sure, you could say the, the DeAndre Hopkins trade was absolutely a steal. You may have traded David Johnson and just got a fourth-round pick back. The fact that they got DeAndre Hopkins uh, grouped in, obviously, fantastic move. But there's no wiggle room anymore, salary cap-wise, like there was. You can't, you can't make an iffy situation look better just by trading for a veteran star through week seven. Like, it's worked up till this point because Kyler was on his rookie-scale contract. Now, you have to pay Jalen Thompson. You might have to pay Byron Murphy. You're going to have to pay Rodney Hudson. I know he's on in contract for another year or two, but you're going to have to pay him. Do you want to bring Kelvin Beecham back? What are you going to do with Isaiah Simmons in two years? 
we had these conversations about Chandler Jones and Patrick Peterson also. Like, it's fun for like a year. And then it's like, well, what are you going to do after this season? And they let Chandler Jones walk. Um, probably best, you know, especially with how much money he got from Las Vegas. But Steve Kime needs to figure out a way to draft better. That's it. That's the future of the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray is going to be here for a long time. Wide receivers are going to be here for a long time. Running backs, tight ends, safeties, they're going to be here for a long time. The Arizona Cardinals trajectory can shift with one A-level draft. And we're not talking about, well, they traded for this player with this pick. That means it's an A-level draft. No. The organic way of building a team. The way you're supposed to build a team and add pieces around it. That's what's been lacking. I love having the conversations about Hollywood Brown this year. It's fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating because the Hollywood Brown trade, great trade. But last year, maybe the year before, not this year, cornerback, edge rusher, offensive line, interior defensive line, linebacker. There were so many more important positions the Arizona Cardinals needed to build out their entire roster. The trading for Hollywood Brown, although incredibly fun, he's going to be a baller. Like, he's going to check all the boxes you'd want. And it was a bad usage of a first-round pick, in my opinion. That's that's the thing that Steve Kime needs to overcome. So going into 2023, they're going to have their picks, okay? They're going to have their picks. And if he can hit on a first and second round pick of next season, impact players, hopefully a corner and a pass rusher, this defense is going to look immeasurably different. It's going to make Zayvon Collins' job easier. It's going to make Isaiah Simmons' job easier when he's going into his contract year. You're hoping Isaiah Simmons takes that huge leap this year, but the ifs on this roster going into 2022, I talked about it last night in the Twitter spaces. The ifs going into this year, if Zayvon Collins can step up, this defense will be palatable. If he doesn't, this defense could be bottom third. If Isaiah Simmons can take that Pro Bowl step, this defense will be elevated. If he doesn't, this defense could be bottom 10 in the league. If Marco Wilson can be CB2, great. It will elevate this cornerback room. If he and Byron Murphy go status quo from where they were last year, this is going to be a very tough year for the defense. Those are four. Those are the four young guys that Steve Kime has relied upon going into 2022, letting Jordan Hicks walk, even though he took a step back last year, letting Chandler Jones walk without without replenishing his ability for opposing offenses to account for him. There is zero safety net for the young players on the defensive side of the ball, mainly in on the inside linebacking core and the corners. There is zero safety net. So moving forward, if Steve Kime can pepper in veteran contracts and not rely on trading for players and giving up young, inexpensive employment, the Arizona Cardinals can sustain their talent for a decade. But there is a shelf life on this Arizona Cardinals roster. It's going to be fun, and it could be longer than people expect. I'm not saying it's one year. I mean, Zach Ertz is going to be here. James Conner is going to be here. You know, DeAndre Hopkins, Hollywood Brown, you'd think. Um, 
Rondell Moore, Kyler Murray. Like the offense is set, but when you look at what's happened on the defensive side of the ball, the response overwhelmingly by fans and people that I've gotten to conversations with are, oh, they just have to be a top 15 defense and this team will be fine. Cool. I, I don't I don't that's not a, that's not a defense of this defense. It's the ifs. If they can shatter through the talent ceiling. And those four players that I mentioned, Zayvon Collins, Isaiah Simmons, Marco Wilson, and Byron Murphy can take the step forward. And if you bring Sanders and Cam Thomas in and they can make some sort of impact as a coupling th- two third round picks. If all of those things happen, this defense could be top third in the NFL. That is so many ifs based upon zero proof that it's possible. That's not necessarily true. Uh, Byron Murphy had a great first half of last season. Isaiah Simmons has shown that he's got it in him. He's got that dude in him. And now it's just time to completely unleash it. We are going to find out so many things during this 2022 season. And it is going to be flipping fun, man. We're going to find out everything. Everything will be exposed. By hard knocks in season, we're going to find out exactly what this team is, if they're set up for success, if they're set up for short-term failure, but potential future success, if Steve Kime's the guy, if Kyler Murray's the guy, if Cliff Kingsbury's the guy, we're going to find out everything. And I am here for it. You should be too. Follow me on Twitter, Clancy's Corner. Thanks for hanging out on Twitter spaces. I don't even know if this is working. I'm doing that. I'm doing this live on YouTube. Uh, Coming up next, there was a game last night. I'm not going to put it on the back burner. We're going to talk about the peaks. We'll talk about the valleys. And we'll talk about very blatantly, does it matter at this point? Alex Lancey locked on Cardinals. Um, So here's the thing. Uh, There's no easy transition. So I'm just going to say this is a very serious topic that we need to discuss. Okay. You're hanging out with some friends, putting back a few drinks, few becomes too many, it happens. And the evening comes to an end. People start to head out and you think about calling for a ride and then you're like, no, I live nearby. I can make it home. It's no big deal, okay? What are the odds you get pulled over anyways? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you kill someone potentially. Everyone knows about the risks of drunk driving and the results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel. While that doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on the road to save lives. So if you're okay, if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Okay, play it safe, plan ahead, get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or somebody else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. The Arizona Cardinals will be under a microscope microscope starting in week one, like they've never been before. And it's not going to be from the national media. That That's fine. That's fodder. It's great. You know, a bunch of stories, had some national people on this offseason. You know, that's cool. They'll be under a spotlight introspectively and local media and fans more so. I'm Alex Clancy. Follow me on Twitter, Clancy's Corner. Thanks for hanging. Um, Cardinals trade for Cody Ford. You have a fifth-round pick. For the former now Buffalo Bill interior offensive lineman, good B-plus move. But 
Steve Kahn had to give up give up a fifth round pick for him. And you say, well, a fifth round pick. Well, a sixth round pick. Would you rather give up no picks and draft somebody? And I know it's easy for me to say standing here, but Steve Kahn has had the worst draft record since he's become GM. That's just a fact. Regardless of what I think about him still being GM, regardless of what I think about him hiring Cliff Kingsbury, et cetera, that is just a statistical fact that Kyler, that uh, Steve Kime is the worst drafting GM since he took over. And up until this point, you're able to say, sure, look at what he did. DeAndre Hopkins, J.J. Watt, Marcus Golden, you know, keeping Chandler Jones, re-signing D.J. Humphreys. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, he drafted Kyler Murray. They traded up and, and drafted Buda Baker. Absolutely. Fantastic. Sure. Buda Baker is the single greatest move that he's made as GM in the draft because Kyler Murray, they were running unopposed. Okay. It wasn't like he took Kyler Murray in the first round with the sixth overall pick when people didn't even know who he was. He was running unopposed. So I give him a little bit of credit for that, even though I think he gambled on the future of the organization because he didn't necessarily know how it was going to pan out. Buda Baker was the single greatest move he made on draft day. Traded up to the top of the second round and drafted his guy. I think it was just ahead of the Seahawks, who definitely would have taken him because he was a UW product in the Pacific Northwest. So Steve Kime has statistically been the worst drafting GM since he took over. That's just a fact. I'm not going to dwell on it. But he's been able to sugarcoat it with trades. And, ooh, look at this. Look at what I did. Look at this. Look at this. DeAndre Hopkins, J.J. Watt. Fantastic. That's kept the Cardinals afloat. Traded for Rodney Hudson instead of going out. Because remember, the Raiders voided Rodney Hudson's contract. Rodney Hudson was set to become a free agent. An hour later, after that was reported nationally, he was on his way to the Cardinals. Because Steve Kime offered a third-round pick when other when he didn't want you know to go out and have to spend a whole lot of money. That was that was the offseason. Corey Lindsley got a lot of money, et cetera. Didn't want to have to give $90 million to get him, so he offered a third-round pick. Another great move. Moving forward, with Kyler Murray's cap hit going to become so big in the next two or three years, even with the ballooning of the salary cap, even with money coming off the books, Steve Kime now has zero, just like the defense at this point, safety net. He can't sugarcoat things. He's got to execute through the draft. Once the Cardinals start winning, you know, with regularity, free agents will want to come play here with Kyler Murray. It's a formality, okay? It's a formality. And they're going to have to stay afloat and contend in the NFC West. What the Rams did this offseason, adding Bobby Wagner, adding Allen Robinson, they did things as if they didn't win the Super Bowl last year. Steve Keim chose to trade for Hollywood Brown, draft Trey McBride when you have glaring needs on the defense and say, you know what? This offense is going to be the focal point by default. And now, starting after this season, he is going to have to hit on defensive players on the draft, in the draft. It's, it has to happen if the Cardinals want to win games and maintain any sort of fervor on the defensive side of the ball. I know it's a quarterback-driven league. I know offensive potency is important. But having a defense you can trust to get a three and out when you need it is something that's incredibly important. And moving forward, Steve Kime will not be able to rely upon trading picks for players that are already making money because the cap space will not be the flexibility that will not have the flexibility that, that it once that it once did. 
You've paid Kyler Murray. Now you have to draft around him with young players. That's how you win. Sunday night, Cardinals lost to Baltimore is fine. Um, uh, Win-loss, it doesn't really matter. Trace McSorley still looked fine, threw a couple picks. He looked like a backup quarterback. Jonathan Ward, it was his turn before going out with an injury to show like, hey, maybe I'm running back too. You can look at it one of two ways. One, they already locked up Eno Benjamin as a guy who's going to be RB2A and just gave Jonathan Ward the run. Or there's really going to be this massive run by committee where you hope that James Conner is going to touch the ball about 60% of the time, 65. You don't want him any higher than that so he can withstand the rigors of an eight of a 17-week or 17-game, 18-week NFL season. But Jonathan Ward looked great. He had a huge chunk run on a kickoff, sprung by Cam Thomas, third-round pick, 40-plus uh, yard run. He had a great – Steve uh, Cliff Kingsbury's best call of the night was a little – oh, my God, a little – RB route out of the backfield, 27-yarder, pitch and catch to Jonathan Ward, where he had all the space in the world. Perks, good. Trey McBride got three targets. He was he was the first option on this little rub roll that Andy Isabella didn't uh, execute very well uh, that Trace McSorley tried to take in on his own uh, after Trey McBride not being open. So at least they're looking for him. I think he had four targets if you're going to count that one. That's fine. I said going into the game, you want him to get a handful of targets. I would like to see him get 10. I mean, at this point, Andy Isabella's, unless you're trying to show him off for other teams and try to get a fifth or sixth round pick for him or, you know, a, a, a depth corner guy, Andy Isabella is not going to be a focal point of this team ever. So I'm hoping that they're trying to put him on display to maybe see, well, this is what he can do if given opportunity. Um, he got a lot of touches. Greg Dortch looks like he's going to make the 53-man roster, depending on how many wide receivers they keep. Like, Rondale Moore is supposed to be the better version of Greg Dortch. But I'll tell you what, and Rondo Moore is extremely fat. Like, we saw flashes from him last year. But if Rondo Moore continues to have injury concerns or continues to not be not perform well enough to see snaps, Greg Dortch could 100%. I'm sure he'll be practice squad a bunch of games this year too. But I would not be surprised if Greg Dortch just burrows his way onto this 53-man roster. Whether it be kick returns, punt returns, you know, his ability, maybe even the gadget guy that you use, he's fast, he can catch the ball, he knows the routes and the route tree. Like, he's looked good through camp and, and, and during preseason. So it'll be really interesting to see where he fits in. Now, the other side of things. Zabin Collins, double-edged sword last night, okay? Huge tackle for loss. Put the Ravens into a third and 15. Then, the third and 15 play, he was kind of caught in no man's land. Um, there were some angles where Hundley looked like he could have run the ball if Zayvon Collins left him alone, even though I think Deontay Thompson was in the vicinity on the other side of the sticks where he could have tackled them before. But there, there was a catch by wide receiver Polk, uh, ended up being a huge chunk game, should have been a touchdown if the wide receiver knew where he was. Wasn't a great look for Zayvon Collins. Now, it could have been the corners. It could have been the safeties. We don't know. But Zayvon Collins was standing in the middle of the field Watched the Baltimore Ravens wide receiver go right past him. I know they're running a zone and didn't account for him whatsoever. Huge chunk game ended up turning into points. So Zabin Collins is going to be, for me at least, a huge focal point of this podcast in 2022. I hope he can take that step forward. The step forward from year one to year two that Isaiah Simmons took. You're not looking for a Pro Bowl performance from Zabin Collins, you're looking for sustained. I should be on the field for 80% of the snaps success. And a lot of people think that Zay, that uh, Vance Joseph just doesn't play rookies. 
I just think he plays the best players, and the rookies who the Cardinals have drafted weren't ready year one, especially for the position they were drafted to play. So if Zayvon Collins can take that step forward, like Isaiah Simmons took last year, the defense is going to be in better shape. You just need to see impact plays from him. And more importantly, you like, and this is not a negative way to look at it. It's kind of just big chunk mistakes is what you want to see avoided. Like it's not, it's not all about tackles for losses. Okay. It's not about interceptions. It's not about pancaking offensive linemen. It's about limiting chunk mistakes. And if Zayvon Collins can do that in 2022, he will emerge as one of the more important players on this defense. And I've tweeted out a couple times. He's the heartbeat of this defense. I'm looking like as a body. Okay. Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson are the head. Go with me here. Linebacking core in the middle is the heartbeat. Byron Murphy and Marco Wilson are the arms. And then the rest. I'm not, I don't have time to give you an anatomy lesson. If Zayvon Collins can emerge as a true bona fide 80% snap playing NFL starter, this defense will look a lot better than if that doesn't happen. Because remember, there's not much of a safety net on defense this year. And we hope, like we're going to see in the final preseason game, we're going to see very quickly, remember, at home against the Chiefs, on the road against the Raiders, at home against the Rams, Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, Tyler Higby. Six receptions for 100 yards by the ninth tight end taken off the board last year. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying it's the preseason. It's just something to monitor. That's all we have at this point. And to answer the question that I tease before I get out of here, thanks again for making Lockdown Cardinals your first listen each and every day. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Turn the notifications on. Join me in Twitter spaces. I don't know what I'm going to do with this yet, but um, we'll see what happens. Does it matter what happens in the preseason anymore? Like, does it matter for roster-building purposes for the starting 22? No? Because the starting 22 is going to be like starting 27. Running back room's got like eight people. Wide receivers got a whole bunch, okay? The defense is going to need depth. And we'll see. I mean, there's reports out um, that Steve Kime's going to trade for a corner this week. Cool. What are we waiting for? You want to wait until September 10th, the day before the game? What's going on here? And the reason why I harp on this is, sure, you want to go through preseason and see if there's anybody that's going to emerge so you won't have to trade for a corner. Isn't that what camp's for, for the, for the majority of it? Isn't that what camp's for? Sure, you get to play real NFL games. But how do you have to wait that long to know who your starter's going to be on defense? How long do you have to wait? Hopefully Steve Kahn can pull a rabbit out of his hat. So I'll tell you what, this is the last year Steve Kahn will be able to pull a rabbit out of his hat because the salary cap space ain't going to be there. Alex Lancey, Locked on Cardinals. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow.